Welcome to Story Talking, episode 16. This week, my guest is Diksha Bishlani, who is a spoken word artist based here in New Delhi. Now, uh, I actually saw her perform live at an event and reached out to her afterwards to do this podcast. Uh, if We're going to talk about a couple of the stories that she has written and performed. You can find her on YouTube. And you can find those performances on YouTube if you want the context of what we're talking about. But we go through her process of how she perfects the poetry that she writes and performs. We talk about what kind of environment she was brought up in, how that affected the kind of stories that she likes to share. Another episode where we talked in person. And uh, I hope you guys like it. Here is episode 16 of Story Talking with Diksha Bichlani. Uh, I grew up in uh, this uh, city called Allahabad, it's in UP. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I grew up, a pretty robust town. Yeah. Very, um, it was a small town where I was growing up. Right now it's, it's gotten a little bigger, more developed. Mm-hmm. It has traffic lights now. But, mm. uh, but when I was growing up, it was really... Uh, the, this town with no public transport, no um, access, mostly all girls and all boys schools, lot of regressive ideology still has. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's where I grew up. And how long were you there? All of my life, 18 years. Okay. Then I came to Delhi for college. Right. But um, predominantly been Allahabad. So your family is still there? Yeah, my family is still there. Most of my family is spread across UP only. So okay. That and explains the regressive uh, <laughs> attack on attack on regression in poems, right. actually. When was it that you made that decision that I'm, I want to move away from this this town and then go towards, towards um, Delhi? Probably when I realized that I could. Yeah. Like I, I was growing up with, uh, with a family not financially stable at all. I never thought that I could get in somewhere or that I could be allowed to go out. Once I saw that, okay, it is possible if I just get the merit for it. Yeah. So I aimed for Delhi University, which has like, the fees is like 10,000 a year. So right. it's really subsidized. So uh, in that case, if I get in on merit somewhere, I knew that my parents couldn't refuse. If I, on the other hand, was asking them for something where they would have to pay for me, then it would have been a battle. So I just aimed at, uh, you know, prepared for my board, studied, yeah. aimed at something that would let me out of the the whole scenario where I wasn't able to go anywhere. Like after nine, you couldn't go anywhere. It was restricting me. Right. My science education, all my educational interests weren't supported either. Yeah. So I wanted to move out and I, and I just thought that Delhi University would be the right place and I got in. Yeah. So that's that's the the point was like i think it was class 11th in my 11th standard when i realized that okay now i need to because of my school my school more than my family it was my school which which was very homophobic very regressive really? it yeah it judged girls who talked to boys character wise it, it 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 suspected me of being a lesbian for the longest time and even if i was it wasn't an issue but right. they, then they suspected me and then they tortured me over it uh, the didn't students let me, or the teachers? The teachers, not the students. Really? They, they, um, they. Whenever they saw me around with my friends, they always uh, 
always used to uh, pick me out and be like why are you so close to that girl why are you standing so close why are you holding hands what what are you thinking i mean so this whole homophobia yeah. that was surrounding me i was just finding it really hard to breathe there my parents couldn't understand that it was difficult for me to right. to be looked at while i was with, sitting with my friends like that so so all of this uh, coupled with the fact that i wanted a better education so i just yeah. moved out i i couldn't stay there any longer right. yeah the uh, was this an all girls school or yeah co-ed? it was an all girls school convent right yeah wow. so the then sisters nuns what did you call them the, the we teachers? call them sisters yeah. yeah they were nuns we call them sisters yeah. so they were accusing you of being the lesbian even though you were surrounded by girls just in general yes yes how did they even make that deduction that someone could be a lesbian it was just because she said yeah it happened a happen- friend who was a girl it happened to <laughs> an incident i i had my best friend and I, it was her birthday so i got her this huge bag so it was she was turning 16 so i got this huge bag with 16 gifts uh, for right. her like one was a letter one was like this t-shirt of a band she liked and all of that we did we, we did that for each other even she sure. did but yeah. i couldn't go to her house and give it of course because of transport problems she came to my house and give but i mean gave her gifts but i brought it to school i didn't think that anybody would know it was just a bag it was everybody's right. bags were kept we just kept it somewhere in the class and the school ended the school was over i mean the bells had rung the school was over we just had to move out and then the teacher notices what is that bag that you guys are opening and why are you checking this so i just said it's a gifts and yeah. then she she confiscated the bag and the gifts as if we couldn't give bring gifts for my friends in school and then wow. and then they read it and then and then they read all my letters that uh, that i written to her and they were just about the fact that you know how uh, you have made me a better person yeah. how we make each other a better person all of that and and at that point i w- we weren't dating or anything looking back in retrospect that wasn't like a dating dating uh, scenario either even though i am a bisexual and that was my first experience with a very a uh, close interaction with a girl but but that's what the teacher suspected at that point right. and and that made my normal coming out very difficult because sure. because i when somebody was accusing me of being a lesbian it was much more difficult to to realize that i was a lesbian i mean yeah. i was getting defensive even though i shouldn't have so they they were just like really made my queer seem like it was a bad tag to have right. and i had and from that day onwards every day in my school was just me being harassed for being a lesbian or something like that so did that friend also like was she supportive of she, you in that or did she also kind of I felt distance? that she she never stood up like I felt right. that I was the only one standing up even to get the gifts back they never gave the gifts back I used all my pocket money in that so I did want them back but they never gave it back never yeah. till day um she she was more scared she thought what if her parents come to know what right. if that my parents were more like i was more of the assertive kid in the household i was like if it is wrong it's wrong and you can't blame me for it right. so she probably couldn't uh, deal with her parents that way so she was a little scared she couldn't stand up for what happened to us in school so it's such a weird thing to i mean i'm sure other cultures go through too but because i guess we grew up in this culture yeah. that people keep saying that children are innocent innocent and then when the first chance they get they try to take that innocence away by putting this thing on yeah. on a 16 year old and can make something as simple as 
loving a person for being your friend turn into something dirty yeah. or or unorthodox yeah that's where we have to consider whether the problem lies with us or them like yeah. it's maybe they are at fault for looking at us that way like we couldn't look at Completely. our friendship yeah. in the friendship sort of way after that because, yeah, because of what they, they because they, they branded us yeah. as uh, you know uh, culprits so so coming here was it a nice change to like reset that image of what the school had put towards you like that yeah, was a fresh start like that yeah because funny part is that i came from an all girls school to an all girls college so oh really yeah where, and that was to gargi college okay so that was a decision like it was a decision to make but yeah. since delhi university did not have psychology in any of the co-ed colleges that was a little a um, uh, big decision that i had to make but yeah but uh, contrary to my expectation this college is the most liberal space i've ever been in you yeah. can pull out brass straps of your friends you can you can just like ask them what boob size they have you can yeah. literally be anything that you want and nobody will ever shame you you can actually be a, a queer couple in my in my college nobody really? will really uh, a brandy or something like nobody has a problem with uh, girl couples in our right. college so that was like a liberal space to be nobody judged me for what i was wearing i could wear anything to college i wanted yeah. even my night dress from last night i could wear anything and nobody was judging me everybody just valued me for how good a student i was how yeah. good a poet i was everybody valued me for that and that unconditional regard that i got in college was completely opposite to what i got in school so that's that that completely helped that helped me heal that helped me undo the damage that school had done yeah. to me that made me realize how much i love educational spaces if they are just supportive of uh, my identity so it was a big change especially in my psychology class everybody was empathetic everybody was supportive so selfless yeah. so it was a beautiful female friendships i found so many female friendships in college uh none that were looked at uh, uh, you know such a like any derogatory manner so yeah it was a great experience this transition the do you think that this is something that i sometimes wonder about that a lot of times you find people um find creativity in themselves because there's something that the outside world is putting on them that they that it they that they can't like that's just wrong like there's so like sometimes sometimes like creativity just comes as a response to having society put something on you that you didn't that isn't your choice like when did you feel like i want to share the things that were in my head like was that something that happened during these uh the high school time or was it something that you had already been doing before so uh, back in high school creative freedom was really not valued as such i couldn't yeah. just like write an article uh, saying that this is how my school bashed me for being a queer it wasn't even acceptable at back then lgbtq sure. rights weren't anything yeah so um so it's probably not just the geographical transition but also the the transition we are making as a generation towards social media and towards how easy it is to exercise your creative freedom that made me realize that okay maybe telling my story won't be that hard but even now i feel that i have a lot of inhibitions about uh, about these experiences like right. i'm thinking what if people what if people from my school harass me when i say when i tell the story I, i'm yet to tell stories from my school because i'm always afraid they'd harass right. me or harass my family because they're yeah, there because they're so still there they're, yeah. so uh, so that's difficult 
and um, and but I will do it of course at some point but uh, but the transition was easier in terms of the personal stories yeah. in terms of uh, some things that didn't cater to anybody else just to me about how I was pleased on my dressing or just uh, you know love or mm-hmm. anything else like that that's that's the easier part and I realized that um, I don't know I think I realized that during college I was I was always using writing as a medium to express my thoughts but I never thought that I could be so uh, I mean I never exercised self disclosure mm-hmm. I was all, there was always this veil of, even when I was writing pieces it was always this veil or something very general about the society I never thought that I could yeah. actually be be my vulnerable self and that's still difficult for me because the people who taught me in school always taught us that no vulnerability in writing sure. no, you can't self disclose you have to make everything general that's when we will give you marks so to to even i'm still discover i'm still yeah. unlearning all of that it's so difficult to unlearn and then uh, find your own style but uh, yeah now i am doing pieces which are more uh, vulnerable which are more that's the one i did last time at storytellers as well yeah so so more vulnerability is definitely i'm still on that i mean i i don't think that moment has yet come when i am comfortable that okay this poem is great yeah. because it is self disclosure i'm always anxious about whether this is right whether i'm taking too much space when i'm talking about myself so it's still there i i'm not i've not yet made that transition there there is definitely that uh that self inflicted insecurity i think yeah. that you put on as a writer sometimes where first there's that thought like why would anyone care if i was too personal about it because and then you also secretly know that every time i have been too honest and and too revealing they sometimes get the best responses from the crowd yeah. too because people are able to relate to the part of you that even you weren't sure was something real until you said it out loud or you wrote it down so like what was that first experience for you when you were like when you hit the stage for the first time to perform mm. when was it also and then how was it i think it was in september 2016 no 2015 yeah like that was two, like two, two years, years ago yeah. yeah um actually people were more supportive than i thought not just supportive they were more responsive than i thought i never thought that i would the lines that i was writing the metaphors i was building would, yeah. would actually snap with someone but when i realized that yeah people get moved by words that was like a really good experience and then this other poem also that i never th- the thing about me is that i never realized my poem is good sure. till i yeah. perform till i till i get the audience response like i yeah. didn't i didn't i never anticipate certain kind of audience response even though i should be doing that but i don't because yeah. uh, because even i am incapable of after reading a poem so many times editing it so many times you get immune to uh, to the yeah. words uh, so uh, it could be horrible and you have no idea yes exactly you were thinking that yeah. it's good probably it's not it's yeah. also was the other way around exactly yeah. so um so i i was just so surprised and overwhelmed that people were liking it even at the national slam everywhere we were just so surprised all the time that people loved this so much really yeah. like okay now i also like it because people <laughs> love it so it it was really an overwhelming experience and i think that this part about this realization that people get moved by words yeah and you can move people by words was the was the best thing because sometimes i feel that words are all i have 
like even even if you take out everything from my education and everything words will some will be something that i'll always have so that was that was the most powerful realization being behind the mic now that you know like you're you're here you've been performing for a couple of years you've been writing for a while can you are you able to look back and find out like what you were really being influenced by like so you know like your school you were coming back home from this toxic environment to be put bluntly um where were you finding the positive influences to that eventually even even subconsciously were were feeding your creativity um i think it has to be books by 10 standards reading a lot of books must be that but i was also reading like physics books and everything that yeah. was my uh, entertainment <laughs> reading so i think that with tv is that it shows something that everybody will understand easily so it shows you something that is shallow sometimes just purely meant for entertainment mm-hmm. and it is not something that is deep or will change you a lot of times so uh, but how it helped me was that i could use that as a metaphor for things that everybody will understand so when i wrote the ekta kapoor poem even though it was directed at tv series at large yeah. it was uh, it used the metaphor of ekta kapoor that everybody understood kumkum or even komolika everybody understood that always yeah. so that's uh, so it helps you unite everybody when when you show someone uh, something that everybody watches then uh even when i wrote the poem translated disney it was it was about language barriers but i could use disney characters as a metaphor yeah. so since everybody understood it that's how i my influence comes from so i'm glad i did waste my time on tv because now i know what everybody understands to make them understand everything else i yeah. draw analogies to the bad things that i saw so that that was uh, not an influence but that is then that is like a reservoir of metaphors uh where it comes from the pop culture metaphors um what else influenced me um i think that my friends in some way uh, the friends i found in school a few of them like two three of them were people that talked about ideas like i wanted to talk about other people yeah. just other friends just talk about like boys and marks and everything but some friends like two three people talked about ideas talked about philosophies of life and that that was something that added and complemented to the way i wanted to talk about life and i think that was also a good perspective to get and of course like once i got into a lot of that also comes from within like yeah. even though i would love to say that i've had influences i think that most of it like most of my poem work right now comes from within comes from the thoughts i've always had the thoughts yeah. i've always uh, thought that okay this is wrong and this is right and i've always the way i've always seen things it, it comes from that so probably a lot of it is completely original and a lot yeah. of some of it is influence the uh the one you performed at the uh, couple of weeks ago at the comedy event what was it called it was about the whole fact that you were, you were realizing that you were a superhero in your own life but kind of not in your own best interest yeah it was for it's called hero syndrome yes yeah. the hero syndrome yeah the was that the first time you had performed that one yeah that was the first time and probably the last yeah. time for a long time because it was a very <laughs> difficult poem to perform was there a sentence or was there 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 this feeling that you were like this needs to come out now like cuz it sounded like something you had been obviously feeling most of your life but now you were putting it in this perspective 
So what was that experience like for you, putting that together? It, the writing of this piece was very difficult. It was, um, I had to face everything that happened. I was running away from it, of course. I, the fact that I, was, uh, that I was in a relationship with someone who, was, who, was, who had terminal illness and all of that. So I was running away from it. It, it ended, it's been three years. So, uh, but then I realized that, okay, there are more people who love to save who fall in love just so they can save someone and yeah. they're so selfless so there there are selfish people and then there are extremists who are selfless like yeah. a lot of people in my psychology batch were like so selfless that they could literally give you their own food uh, it just so you could have uh, yeah. and they could get the gratification of it so i realized that okay that's a real issue and that's a real problem that a lot of people might have so i realized that okay i need to talk about this because if i when I write it, when I write something, say if I'm talking about depression, then uh, then I will be motivated to write about it, but probably not as much because a lot of people are writing about it. So I'm not driven by the fact that people don't know it. Yeah, so the, yeah. the the fact that I'm educating someone, people about things that they don't know and that they d- cannot find the language for is more motivating. So when I thought that people don't have the language for this and everybody... Yeah who falls in love with broken people just so they can fix them doesn't realize that when the, those broken people are fixed they might not even be the same people or sure. that in this whole relationship you may not be getting any attention and it will be draining you so I just I, I thought that it had to be given language and I got up the courage I thought of a metaphor that could work out with it and I just wrote the piece and then perf- deciding to perform it was even more difficult because even though commune sessions are pretty intimate, I just thought that, am I really ready to reveal this big part of my life? Yeah. Because I don't talk to people about my relationship status, about my love life, past experiences. And then I was writing in a poem that I dated yeah. someone who was dying. And then the amount of people who would come to me asking me about this, because sometimes people get invasive. But uh, So that was also a big decision. But I made it just so I could put the language out there for people who actually feel that they're heroes in their own relationship and so I did and the process was really really hard yeah like how long does something like that take you it takes a lot of ideation I mean I think that I think about it a lot of a long time so I think I guess I just like thought about it for a week I just thought 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 didn't Mm. write anything just thought and then when I sat to write it was done within an hour wow because it it was it was, uh, you could tell that it was something that was made to be performed. Like you wrote it to be performed. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. what, you have to write it to be performed. Or yeah. the spoken with pieces are written to be performed. Yeah. The, yeah. So the, you said that the first time performed was a couple of years ago, right? Two years ago. Yeah. When you wrote that thing, like do you look back at that thing you wrote and are you still proud of it? Because of, <laughs> or because usually... People rarely talk about their first pieces as something that they're like, oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But like, how do you, how do you look back at what you wrote back then? Um, I think that it was a great piece because again, it talked about something that was educated. Yeah. Uh, like it was called when I say you will never understand me. I'm not very proud of the title though, but uh, it was about, it was a poem about how people contain multitudes. So you cannot define them. So as a psychology student, I felt that everybody was just being defined 
Yeah. So I I wrote about uh, you know uh, so it was really like I I still think that is creatively written I still love performing it I enjoy performing it it's a it's like a nice poem yeah um, I can smile and perform it and everything so it's great uh, I am just not proud of the title but I think I'm really <laughs> I am proud of the content and yeah. a lot of people like who come up to me say that they still love that poem best um, out of all the others so and I understand where they're coming from because that poem. again is something that uh, is different so i don't compare the poems because every poem is different somehow i have this pet peeve that i don't write two poems about the same thing so i wouldn't write like two poems on anxiety or two poems right. on depression and when i write one i make sure that it's comprehensive yeah so you're not um, setting up a series yeah. of like a, yeah. a series so, about so this so that's why I probably uh, i can't compare my poems either so i th- i still think that that was a great poem i yeah. i would just do, choose the title better but then uh i don't know like <laughs> the reason i also do this is not just because i wanted to cater to the audience i think i wanted to do justice to the story yeah and i think that once i think that to do justice to a story means to tell it right so why not take a little time editing yeah. and making it more listenable so people could understand what you're saying i mean there were other stories told there which would have been refined and told yeah. in a way that it would have done justice to like those stories they were so strong people could have been crying their eyes yeah. out but just the way that it, probably because they were impromptu and i understand yeah. but if those impromptu stories now are worked upon and said and crafted in a way that would that would have the impact it would do justice to the story yeah. as well so that's the reason i do it not that I it's not really that I I want to write everything from the pers- or for the audience or for the perspective of the audience I do it for myself and for the people it can help but but yeah it does justice to the story when you write it in a way that people could listen and understand when you get that response while you're performing do you are you even able to in, like acknowledge it because it's like it was probably like what 4 minutes maybe not more than 4 minutes right yeah, so like while you're doing it are you completely like in like performance mode or are you taking it in as they're saying it and then you're letting that affect the rest of the piece kind of uh i think it's both actually i have a lot of presence of mind when i'm performing so i exact especially when i'm performing for the first time the poem uh, i have i do remember all the places that people snap i remember yeah. all the places where they make like like made a face where they understood all the places they smiled all the places they didn't all the jokes that were meant to hit that didn't and yeah. all of that i remember all of that and yeah. i just i registered that feedback like in real time yeah. um on the other hand uh, so so there's a set frame of way rhythm of way where i'm perform where i have to perform a certain way so i do decide the rhythm and then i also take pauses depending on the audience interaction so right. it's like a very real time thing but also pre-decided it's like an interaction of both depends on the poem also depends on how many times i've done it also some some poems just become a little mechanical sometimes yeah. and that's the way it happens but i try to also engage the real time like not not the way that the audience feedback is influencing my performance but i remember how the feedback yeah. was so i can register that now the next time probably not in the same performance but next time yeah yeah the uh how is that how is that gratification how does that feel when you're i mean compare that to the idea of the selfless when people who are selfless at their own at the cost of their own happiness sometimes you know they they make these sacrifices 
but there's still something that they're getting out of it. As much as, you know, like there's the idea of like performers and creative people, we do it for, we do it because it needs to be said. We do it because we want people to know something. But we also do it for ourselves. What is that cost benefit for you sometimes where you're sharing something that is painful, hard to put into words sometimes, you take your time with it. Some things you still avoid to talk about until you're ready. But then you know that eventually I'm going to get there. I'm going to get this different benefit by letting other people, you know, relate to it and making maybe them feel better about who they are. How do you handle that when you're, when you're thinking about all of this stuff? Um, I think that, I think the, the major payback to me is people, uh, uh, people getting to know something, even if they don't express it to me, if they don't tell me that your poem changed me, that's fine. Yeah. As long as they understand that something like that exists, that something like that is a problem. So that's the poems that I do for education. Um, the, the, there's some poems that I do just for like, you know, tackling the regression. To, to, to those are directed that they are like, they're directed at oppressors. They are not uh, meant to save people. They're yeah. directed at people who are doing the wrong thing. Probably those people will, won't hear it. Probably yeah. they won't, but but those poems may, might become words through which you tackle the oppressors next time. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes people are faced with Ekta Kapoor and they may not know what to say. Yeah. So they can probably just say lines from the poem, just be like, <laughs> you, you, you know, you come on, you guys. That ammunition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So just like I gave them like that, that ammunition, exactly. So uh, that's the payback, like, you know, to, to think that people are now have the language to, yeah. to tackle the issues that I want to. So we are a collective thing. So I don't feel alone. So yeah. like I don't feel alone in battling high functioning depression or hero syndrome. I feel that there are more people doing it with me. So when I give the language, I also create a community of people who um, who, who are facing that. So that is a selfish act. Like. To want to create a community of people suffering the same way as you. Yeah. Even though I wouldn't want anybody to suffer from those things. But if there are already yeah. people suffering, yeah. why not, uh, you know, uh, do a community engagement yeah. act. And uh, so that that's one reward that I like. The other, uh, uh, that's actually not a reward. That's more like a cause. I feel that people relate to the artist's work, but never check in on the artist. So, they, so they're mm. saying great poem, but they're not saying how are you holding up. Yeah, so those two no questions never come come in the same line, and I feel that being an artist is difficult that way. You you the people how they alienate you from the work, how they think that that poem is great, but what about you? What about the fact that you went through it? That doesn't come into the conversation. So it's hard that way. It's a cause that would that would probably make me sway away from poetry sometime because people don't people don't uh, they give credit to the artist but yeah. they don't give regard to the artist they don't give concern to the artist so that could have been a better payback than saying that oh, i mean great poem okay great yeah. poem but what about the what about what it talked about yeah. so um, so that is a little uh, i mean of course that's it's hard to care about someone you don't know right. but but we need to put all put this in the conversation too so that's like a cause the benefit is of course that uh, now I have a team fighting with me. Mm. So that's a benefit, of course. That's how I look at it right now. Probably my incentives to do them later would be different. But right. also always, always this thing that uh, this art form that has given me empowerment could 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 reach out to more people. So I'm yeah. always like, whenever I'm doing a 
form i am always thinking there will be one person who is listening to this art form for the first time yeah. and that person might take it take it up later so you know so like even for example uh, i haven't thought about it but like if i become a mother for example then then if i'm writing a poem about how difficult it is to be a working mother yeah. that would hit a lot of working mothers but they haven't written it before yeah. so probably giving words words to experiences that are pretty common but but they're personal but they're very common as well but nobody has writing poems about it yeah. so i think that i would want to leave a world where which has the language to deal with daily experiences and the like for example i don't know maybe i would see loss in life later maybe i would see mm. something else maybe i would see love i don't write about love a lot but maybe i would see love and uh, then my perspective would change so i know that life will keep going on in a way that i always have experiences to talk about personal internal or external but the motivation to to share it to 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 talk about it is important i think one is that the second way i think i see myself harnessing slam poetry or spoken word poetry rather is uh, i i work in i work in public policy so so i've always thought that policies should be made more inclusive of uh, of interaction with people in the sense that if if a policy is uh, if if a policy is being implemented then it should be communicated to the people how the policy is going to work right. especially empowerment policies like social policies any policy that is about the girl child or women empowerment it should always be communicated to people in a way that they would embrace it because people are the same the policy is changed but the people yeah. are the same so how are you going to change the people and i think that changing the people requires art forms requires all the ways of community engagement that you can get so i think that this art form in hindi of course yeah. for example in india is really uh, necessary uh, as something that can be used as as uh, you know to gather the force to gather the mindset that you want how do you feel about the person who you know you move from another town Delhi I'm guessing not much in family here. No, it was like a fresh start yeah. all by yourself. How did you feel like who you became outside when you when you graduated like was there excitement was there fear was there acknowledgement like look how much I just made myself grow up in 3 years? Um uh, it was so much of it like I I had this whole separation anxiety so I I was like I don't want to leave college because it's been the safest place like yeah. it's been the best family I could have had away from home so I of course there was that but uh, how I changed of course I I became this I became a more spontaneous person for sure I became more confident I became um, acknowledged of course like uh, earlier I was winning things I was doing there were accomplishments but never acknowledged then yeah. in college even little things were acknowledged so i became that i became a person with an academic bent of mind I became a researcher who could question things and uh, you know delve out to study the unknown with the most methodological uh, uh, like uh, what's the word i'm empirical yeah mm. the, the most empirical uh, way you know because it taught me college taught me empirical analysis it uh, it made me a person who researches before she writes a poem so if i'm sure. writing a poem i need to know everything about it i need to know all the counter arguments i need to research everything about the issue and then write i i'm yeah. just going to write something on the basis of my opinion i need to take a 360 degree view and tackle all the opinions that will be coming in in the poem so it made me that it made me a person who had a had a support system 
of people it made me a person who is listened to who is heard and then when i was graduating i also received the best all rounder award so yes college did yeah. make me an all rounder definitely made me an all rounder i was doing so many things it it exposed me to art i think i think that in college i got exposed to art that was the best part how how on one end of the college there was a music society singing on the other end there was a choreography society my favorite part of college was street play society how nukkar nataks uh, would and that that yeah. i believe is has always been my tool to change the mindset in the society nukkar nataks are something um, street theater actually that uh, that can change mindsets a lot so it taught me that and then we used this art form in uttarakhand in one of our projects so i think that i think that college just exposed me to so much art and art forms yeah. that i just came out a person who could tackle who who wasn't mechanical like if like i wasn't just someone who was studying and who was getting marks and who was uh, researching i was also someone who knew how to actually tackle the problem right. if someone wasn't going to understand through education you could make them understand through words or through theater or through music yeah. so i i feel so much more um, uh equipped with the the ways that i could uh, make a change so that's what college uh, transformed me into that's pretty cool yeah. the, i i i uh, you know sometimes you get this sense that people look people look down on millennials and and yeah. younger generations just because yeah we're writing a poem about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> the i was actually like just today my college sent me an article of they're writing an article about me and how like my platform is for millennials and younger and they're like oh because they want to talk me up to the to the to them in the magazine they're like oh lakshya figured out a way to get millennials to talk i was like millennials have always been yeah, talking exactly. we They just the didn't have the megaphone yeah. of, of platforms exactly do you think that like but you know speaking of what you said though like it sounds like people see people see young people as uh complainers about the system people who like to point out the hypocrisy of of society and like to point out how things are so slow and we're you know speaking out we're we're activism we're we're activists but then you also see people only doing the surface level of that kind of act- activism For, to me it sounds like you know you're actually you figured out that oh i want to be part of the solution i want to find out what's the if this way can't work let's figure out another way is that something you think is you're just you know do you sometimes feel you're an exception to how people may be right about how young people are or is there are we just actually learning about how to use the power of media to you know use the power of art to take the system forward there are a lot of young people that inspire me too so i wouldn't say that i'm an exception not at all yeah i think that millennials definitely are people who stand up uh who 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 don't uh, take no for an answer for for what the society has been doing for a lot of years yeah but at the same time even in spoken word i feel that the the social media does come with a surface like you said like the shallow uh, you're not into the art form you're just doing it for the social media yeah. you're just doing it for the like so yeah that instant gratification that you get out of social media inhibits your growth and all that does happen i believe that it's both ways like this is this is definitely a two way street you 
even though there are people standing up, there are also people talking about those topics just because they're trending. Yeah. So some people will talk about Miraculous because it's trending. Some people talk about because they've been through it. Yeah. So uh, I think that to draw the line between this, there wouldn't be any general line. I think I just pick the millennials that I like, pick the millennials that I look up to, and then and then I I think I. a uh, focus on them and then the millennials that do it just for the name i call yeah. them out so uh, it's a really risky conversation to to think it will hurt both sentiments if i say yeah. that it's it, they are bad or they are they are not bad it will hurt both sentiments so i yeah. think that i think that millennials need to uh, harness the social media that we have in a very balanced way we need to we need to understand that social media is a tool but it's not it's not the end purpose so that's why i have i that's why i try that as as many videos i have out there i have more poems and i have more performances in, at live events like yeah. i i perform at more live events than there are videos and and that's the opposite for so many uh, artists i know yeah. who are just like literally performing because they're recording the poem and um, then that poem goes online and, and then that's, then, it. Yeah. that's it like that's literally <laughs> it. that's their spoken word career What are the people you are influencing? I mean, of course, social media. There's so many people watching it through social media. But what about like in real time? Like if I if I met you as a person and I, and we just said that like let's have a gathering where we tell our stories and do our poems. Would you still be interested? Are you still do you love poetry or are you just using it uh, as a commercial weapon? Yeah. So I don't want this commercial weaponizing of poetry and. Uh, a lot of people are doing that, and we have called out a lot of channels doing that. So. uh it's difficult it's 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 about personal integrity in the end i mean uh at least we're doing it yeah. we could say that the baby boomers generation was not even talking about issues at least we're doing it even if they're trending any person who's talking about even a trending issue is at least adding to the conversation so in a way we're still like uh we've still made progress and yeah. i hope that our uh, ancestors past uh, appreciated but uh, there's no comparison i think that yeah. what is right is right it will stay right in the millennial generation as well it was right back then as well and uh, i mean sounds like you're in that case you're, you're a hopeful person for yeah. for social change and for art actually making a real difference i guess it really just depends on the intentions of the artist first sometimes even without the intention the artist does make a difference so uh we need to find a unique identity even if your unique identity is not being a musician or creative artist probably you have something something about you that an ai can't replace and yeah. that that something about you is is the experiences that you bring so a lot of people say that emotions are not logical i think that emotions definitely are logical they come from a whole logical understanding of our personal experiences so if i am mm-hmm. reacting to a relationship with trust issues that's because i have seen in the past how trust issues could save me sure. so uh, so i think that not just creativity things need to be done with more emotion even though emotion has been seen as a woman trait for the longest time yeah. or thing uh, or something that destroys the work that you have at hand that you know emotional being emotional is emotional fool yeah. there's, there's there's the terms in psychology that things have emotional appeal and rational appeal i say they can have both yeah i mean emotions can be rational and the the time that we start working on something that has an emotional appeal just as much as it has the structural and rational appeal the time we combine the two will the time that 
we will be the time when we actually make good policies or anything for that matter yeah. any good workplace decisions so that's what i always try to do i i don't just try to analyze policies from a structural point of view but also from the ideological and philosophical point of view in the sense that uh, uh, in the sense that are they really doing what our constitution makers imagine that a social policy would do yeah. are we really trending towards the kind of uh, democracy that we wanted to and if you're not then that policy has some flaw somewhere and that's why i think that uh, uh, every critical thinker needs to take both into account not just yeah. structural problems of implementation of any policy or anywhere like even if a project that you that you're on that you're on to just think of both ways make it make it in a way that will be both rational and emotional that's how poetry works for me i research yeah. everything in the, the most rational way and then i also add emotion to it so i think that the combination yeah. of both is so important in every work we do now because otherwise ai is definitely going to be <laughs> i mean they're already writing books i don't know what else yeah they could do but but one, one thing they can't write a book about is our personal experiences so yeah you can replace that sort of personal history yeah so we could we, we should retain our individuality what kind of emotions that we come from are also important on the table as much as our logic is so uh the thing that i that i end these things with is that like i told you a lot of young people use launcher and i like to make sure that they get they get the right things to the right kind of people to learn from the right kind of messages and advice so if a uh, 16 year old you or someone who is like 16 year old you happen to be listening to this is there anything that you would want her to know about how to how do i mean just in general how to go about her 16 year life and if anything in sort of the direction she should take or not worry about when she's thinking about how to express herself that especially for a girl I would say that um, value your self-respect more than the opinions of men around you. Uh, it's something that will always, always uh, stick with you as opposed to the opinions. And men will always have opinions on you no matter what. So you need to find an identity that is so strong. Be a well-read person. Be a well-researched person. If you want to enter into a debate, make sure that you have both the emotional and rational appeal. And, and always... follow your dreams even though everybody says it i think that following your dreams does not mean making compromises it means making yourself skilled enough for your dreams so if you want that internship you want that uh, that dream job or you want to be that artist i think that it takes a lot of working behind full nights in your room before you get there so i think that there is no there is no compromise to working hard i also worked really hard and even you have to i think you have to be thoughtful about it there's always uh, there's this saying that uh, the most important thing in the world the most sexy thing in the world is to just be thoughtful and be smart and be generous and that's what i love in a person as well a person being thoughtful means they're doing little things that are that are coming out of a lot of thought that they're thinking about little things in life with with a way that with that would equip them to to tackle the bigger things in life because it's a little thing that teach you how to tackle the bigger things and and you you have to be smart which means that you don't have to just rely on uh, something that is not well founded you have to be well read if you are interested in some, something make sure you pursue it to the last letter 
pay attention to the fine print as house of cards says and <laughs> and you have to be generous you have to be a kind person even as an artist every time someone tells me i related to some i related to that hero syndrome poem of yours i the first thing i feel is i'm sorry because you went through it i mm. so you have to humanize people you have to empathize with them and be generous to them even if you become someone who is going to be a great artist if you go to a place where everybody is coming up to you and saying that your work is great or what you do is great just be humble be grounded and tell them thank you for listening thank you for reaching out and telling that to me because that's a that's an exercise that's an exercise in humbling yourself down and telling yourself there's such a long way to go and you i'm in my early 20s and 21 i'm going to be 25 soon and that this is something that i want to be consistent in my life that i be grounded no matter what that i always research well and read well and that i'm always smart about how i approach things so never let the world tell you that just because you're a little girl you cannot go and achieve the dreams you really want you actually can you there's just like some hard skills it takes mm-hmm. and i mean whatever you want to be maybe there's an art form out there which hasn't been found yet for you my art form didn't exist in my life till 2 years ago and now i want to do everything in it mm-hmm. so maybe you're 16 maybe you're at 18 or 19 you'll find the thing that's really meant for you but when you do make sure that you make sure that you're smart and generous and thoughtful enough for it because otherwise nothing you ever take up will ever result in something you want so instead of uh, looking at the end games just make sure that you in the process you are a good you are a well equipped person to reach the end game thank you for listening to episode 16 of story talking i apologize that during this intro outro recording that I have a cold and this is why I sound like this. I also just realized that I should have said this at the beginning. If I mean if I was going to make an apology, I should have done it at the beginning, right? Anyway, if you haven't already, do check out last week's episode with Daria Gola and make sure you check out our next episode where my guest will be Abhishek Shankar, who is a singer-songwriter also based here in New Delhi. Thank you for listening.